Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Mental Dimes NCAA Basketball Podcast. We hit episode four. Thank you all to everyone who has joined us for the past couple of weeks. Um, we are always sponsored by Mental Dimes. If you don't know who we are, please make sure that you go check out mentaldimes.com. We want to become your number one place for all your sporting news. So you want NHL coverage, you want NBA playoffs, you want fantasy football, even some betting, some sports betting in there too. Uh, we are your one place for all of that news. And if you want a little bit more current stuff, you can always follow us on all of our social media. We are at Mental Dimes across all the platforms. You can even get more specific with your at Mental Dimes NBA, at Mental Dimes NFL. You can even follow Shay and I at Mental Dimes NCAA. And episode four, a little less intense transfers this this week. Yeah. Quieter and Less NBA draft news. <laughs> so we'll we'll take it a little bit easier yeah. this week. But I am Trevor Heilman. This is Shay Irish. Shay, what do we got going on today, man? Uh, so we actually have a big time guest. Uh, we're going to show an interview of in a few minutes here. I was fortunate enough to track down DJ Burns, who played for Murray State last season. Um, started every game for a team that advanced in the NCAA tournament. Was ranked as high as number nineteen in the country. Um, so really, we were appreciative that he gave us a little bit of his time, did a quick interview with us, talked about, you know, what happened last season, what the future of Murray State basketball looks like. So that's awesome. And then we're going to do our a new segment. It's called the Lookout segment. Um, we're going to go right into some coach, uh, new coach hirings to look out for in the 2022-23 season. After that, we'll hit our Elite Eight, which we do every week. This time, we're going to go with a non-basketball topic. We're going to do uh, late midnight snacks. Uh, see what uh, Trevor conspires this week. <laughs> West Coast versus East Coast. Yeah, snacks. he's going to conspire something to get an edge on me for the third straight week. <laughs> <laughs> and then we are going to round it out with uh, the ice cold segment. Um, we're going to name five players that, you know, really have something to prove, I would say, next season. What do you think? I there are definitely a couple of players. I, I as soon as we started putting the segment together, it was like I yeah. can you twelve. It's, it's do or die time if they want to uh, revive their careers. So it'll be a good show for you. Um, and as always, uh, big thanks to our sponsors. We've got Adelo's Pizza, best place in the Pacific Northwest for all of pizza ever. Anyone fight me, I don't care. They have got the best food. Um, <laughs> I've already eaten it once this week. I have a problem. I think <laughs> they are you the shirt on today too. I, I have a, sh I mean, I, that's right. They got me the merch. I've got my, Adelo's hat. Hat on. That. I have my Adelo's hat on. So big thank you to our sponsors. We so love he's, he's basically turning into TB 12 with Adelo's is <laughs> Adelo's everything. He might have Adelo's underwear on. Right I, now. I would, if they had underwear to sell in their, in their <laughs> merch shop, I would do it, but they are the, Hottest pizza, freshest ingredients, coldest beer, blessed, best place in the Pacific Northwest if you want to come in for any occasion. You want to belly up to the bar with your friends and watch a game. You want to come in with your family for a nice sit-down meal, or you want to bring your teams in, call in advance, uh, and set up a, a station. They can hook you up and bring all your kids. I was there again the other day for a, a 35 top of soccer team. So they have no problem accommodating whatever it is you want. And also... For Adelos, it is patio season, which means every Thursday night they're going to have live music for you out on their patios. Um, every Tuesday is trivia night, so they will keep you busy. They will entertain you. They are here 
uh, to hook you up with some of the best food in the Pacific Northwest. And you can always find them at adelos.com. That's A-D-E-L-O-S.com. Or you can follow them on social media at Adelos Pizza. And before we jump into our stuff, I also wanted to mention that speaking of merch stores, Mental Dimes has got their merch store up and running. So please make sure you go check that out. We've got t-shirts to sweatshirts to phone cases to socks, you name it, they have got you covered. So again, that'll be at mentaldimes.com. And I think that's all we got for today. Shay, are we ready to talk ball? Yes, we are. Let's do it, man. Let the drama kick, the drama kick die. Let the drama kick, let the drama kick die. Let the drama kick, let the drama kick die. Let the drama kick, let the drama kick die. Let the drama kick, let the drama kick die. Let the drama kick, let the drama kick die. Let the drama kick, let the drama kick die. Let the drama kick, let the drama kick die. Alright. So, uh, we wanted to jump straight into um, our interview with DJ Burns, which I uh, was not able to be there, but had you know the opportunity to watch it since we are about to show it to you here in a second. He is one of the coolest interviews mm-hmm. of all time. What like such a genuine dude. Um, Shay, yeah. you can go ahead and kind of share your thoughts about it, but I thought it was. I, I think our fans yeah. gonna like it. Yeah. So what I got out of it: extremely genuine, real, honest, humble dude. Um, we were just glad that he gave his time to do an interview with us. And I kind of studied ahead at, uh, ahead of the interview, uh, watched some of his press game conferences from last season. And I could tell he's a real personable guy, but um, the interview took it to another level, just went above and beyond every question. Um, you know, sometimes you'll get a few short answers out of people, but he went, you know, minute, minute and a half every time I asked him a question. So Really appreciative of that, and he's a big-time player. He started every game for Murray State last season, a 31-3 and team, uh, round of 32 in the NCAA tournament, ranked number 19 in the country, second-leading rebounder. Um, you know, just big-time guest for us, and uh, definitely appreciate him coming on. For sure. And so um, we'll just jump right into it, and here is our interview with DJ. How's it going, everyone? My name is Shay Irish. Uh, we're here with the Mental Dimes NCAA Basketball Podcast, and we're fortunate enough tonight to have a guest that played for more, uh, Murray State last year, started all 34 games, uh, second leading rebounder. Um, definitely, to me, was like the heart and soul of the team. Um, big time defensive presence. Uh, his name is Damari DJ Burns. I uh, appreciate you joining us tonight. Thanks for having me. Appreciate the opportunity. For sure, for sure. So uh, let's start. Let's go back to the end of your high school career. Uh, you're the New Orleans Metro Player of the Year. I read that you were uh, USA Today, first team all Louisiana. Um, you were recruited by some schools like UAB, um, Stephen F. Austin. What made you decide to commit to Southern University in the SWAC? Um, just the opportunity, um, really. Um, at first, uh, just the, the basis of uh, really situations. It was uh, a lot of schools that gave me an opportunity that I was blessed to have. But um, the things that really stood out to me were Southern, where they were genuine, you know, they were real. And um, that's what my heart was. I uh, developed a relationship with uh, Ryan Price, the assistant coach over there. And um, the crazy thing is, he's still one of my closest guy. got me one of my closest friends uh, to this day. So, um yeah, it was just a, a relationship-based opportunity that just led me uh, to the one we go to Southern. 
It's awesome stuff. So uh, you played two years there, uh, second year, sophomore year is uh, right during the pandemic. Uh, you guys only played like six games, right? Or you, uh, no. you played in six yeah. Yeah, I yeah, I only played. I actually only played in uh, I think four. Um, I only played in four games. Uh, five years, probably probably a six. But um, yeah, um, I caught COVID. Um, oh, you did okay. Yeah, I wound up sitting down from COVID. You know, what most people don't uh, really understand or realize is that I had um, a heart condition during COVID, and um, it kind of hindered me from working out, uh, doing anything that I really wanted to do. And uh, kind of got me a uh, realization check, you know, um, that basketball could be going home, you know. Um, so it humbled me and uh, it exposed me to uh, to really get a lot of uh, mental thoughts down and uh, things that I want to accomplish and work towards. And uh, it led me really to this decision today and work today. Awesome. So you transferred to Murray State uh, right before last year. Uh, what kind of adjustment was that for you? Obviously, like you said, you went through COVID. Uh, only played six games, so you really are going back almost two years without like full time playing. Was that like a big adjustment to immediately come in and contribute to such a great program? Um, no, no, it, it really was a great, um, a great kudos to Coach Matt and uh, really the whole Murray State uh, last year team because the um, the connection was genuine. Like I said, I'm a real genuine guy. Um, when men uh, welcome me with warm arms, uh, and, uh, they kept it real. You know, when a lot of people, they really don't in this college world. Um, <clears throat> I had the opportunity to play with and for some real guys. And um, that's all I ever looked for, you know, was the real and opportunity. So um, with those uh, combined and uh, just the personality of these guys, like I love those guys. They're still my guys. Too. So, uh, yeah, it, it just was a, a match made heaven. Awesome. So going off of that, you guys have a tremendous season, uh, 31 and three. Uh, you advance in the NCAA tournament. I think you guys were ranked for like six straight weeks at the end of the year. Um, first team in Ohio Valley Conference history to go 20 and 0. When you look back at that season, you know, five, 10 years from now, what's the one memory or accomplishment, you know, that will really reside the most inside you? Well, it really wouldn't be accomplishment, if we're being honest. I mean, uh, yeah, we're talking accomplishment, NCAA tournament you know, where everybody wants to go. But um, the thing that, like, I will always remember and miss, you know, to this day is just, you know, the bond. Mm -hmm. You know, I played with so many different great coaches, so many different great players, but it was nothing like that last year team. Yeah. You know, off the court, we, like, we probably wasn't even the best player, um, you know, one-on-one -on -one watch. You know, we had some great pieces, but um, they probably wasn't even the best player. And um, man, I tell you that that it, it was it was something like just the connection, the bond. Um, man, it, it's, it's just something that like you know I, I, will, I will cherish for the rest of my life. Right, right. So that chemistry was like there immediately when you stepped into yeah. the program. Yeah. Off the bat, you know, like that was the thing that was so crazy because people always talked about how good we played and why. And, Man, I mean, it's just when you have a great group of guys and a great coach, a great leader, you know, um, why not? You know, yeah. uh, it, it it really it really wasn't hard. Uh, like Coach Matt always preached unselfish, but it really wasn't hard to be unselfish for those guys. Like I wanted, you know, those guys to succeed. We wanted each other to great be great, 
you know, and uh, that's what kind of led us to a great journey. You guys were truly brothers. I love that. Oh, so, uh, so this next question comes from my co-host, Trevor. He couldn't make it tonight. Um, he's a teacher, so he's got a bunch of stuff going on. I'm going to read it word for word. He says, DJ, what is the one thing you'd want high school players to focus on in their pursuit of playing Division One basketball? Maybe one thing physically, uh, mentally, or even socially that they need to develop in order to play at the next level? Well, it's not even something that you really have to develop. It's more just you have to have it, which is hard work, you know, passion. You know, like, what I want guys to understand, this is not, you know, something you could just wake up and do this for two hours after day. You know, uh, I've seen guys, I'm a guy myself, that, you know, we're in the gym for probably, if it's 24 hours in a day, we're probably in the gym 20 hours a day. You know, as much as we can possibly. Some of us sleep in the gym. You know, <laughs> and um, it's crazy because you see a lot of kids that say they want to be great, they want to do things that never been done, but they don't want to do things to make them you know, do things. as, And um, that's just the biggest thing I want people to realize and understand. Like, you know, a lot of people in, in the circle doesn't understand how much hard work and time you actually got to put into this. You know, if it was one of the greatest things I, I really uh, love about Coach Matty always told me is if it was easy being great, everybody would be. You know? I like that. Yep. Awesome. That, that's more like, you know, just keeping it real. You know, that's just real, as real as it gets. You know, so... Oh, that's just one of, one of the things I want everybody to really understand. Awesome. Awesome. So uh, I watched a couple of press conferences from my like, games after uh, last season, and you kind of really stressed that the foundation of your game was, you know, coming from hard work and uh, the energy and passion you can bring. So okay. is that some, something that's always been with you, like from middle school straight up, or is that kind of something that you realized sure, sure. If I want to go to the next level? Yeah, no, no, it was day one. You yeah. know, um, I wasn't even a, a basketball guy. You know, I worked for the skills of the game, you know, and uh, stressed that, you know, really to his max. But what I always had when I played football was, you know, the hunger, passion, you know, the excitement, you know. And uh, when I finally played basketball, it was like a little bit free. You know, um, it was like, well, one thing I will say is uh, seeing the valley that I can succeed in, you know, being real. Um, you know, I just seen that if you really work your tail off, um, that you could be in some of the most believable positions. You know, so I you know, do this when it's something that, you know, I wouldn't say easy to do, but in my words, me having the hard work already, easy for me. So why wouldn't I, you know, give my full max and effort to this? Of course, of course. So uh, going back to those press conferences, the one thing I picked up the most was, uh, how you refer to a rebound? Can you tell our viewers what you call them? Oh, you talking about coins? Yeah, that was. A, I love that. Um, I like what you said. That's where your money's at. That's how you make your money. Um, you obviously take a lot of pride in rebounding, especially on the offensive end. Um, is that something that you, you know, coming into a great mm -hmm. program, one of the best mid-major programs, probably the last twenty-five years or so? That's something that you really knew that you could contribute, and that's what you look to. You know, did you have a role, or did you just kind of? Oh, I think we lost. Hold up. Oh, he's back. He's back. So when you came in, did you you kind of just went with the flow or did you know you had a role that you could contribute? Oh, I mean, actually, uh, you know, 
Well, my thing was always that, you know, um, Coach Matt really stressed that to, you know, our team, you know, find your role and find your valley. But um, for me, that that's always just been genuinely me. You know, um, I like the things that people don't like. I like diving into the crowd. I like going for losing. I like overpowering people. Like, I like everything um, that really fits me and makes me contribute to the game. And, way you know I, mean, I thank god you know just for all that really just being a match made heaven because um i did realize that i could succeed in that myself but um with the opportunity that coach matt and you know the coach staff gave me um it gave me a chance to expand it and grow it even more yep awesome yeah so that's that was the thing i noticed i mean i watched all your games last year i think the biggest moment for me was uh the NCAA tournament game against San Francisco, you foul out with like a minute and a half left in overtime, I think it was. And uh, a lot of times a player in that situation, you know, big game, you want to be in, they'll go and go to the bench and discuss. I was, I watched you, you, you were hyping the crowd up. You were, uh, I think you were massaging uh, Juice Hill's legs, clamping up. <laughs> so like right there, I knew like what kind of teammate you were, someone that, you know, anyone would want to play with. So that's, that's kind of why I say that you're the heart and soul of that, uh, team last season. That, yeah, for sure. So this one's another one from Trevor. Uh, let's look forward to next season. Obviously, uh, you guys are going through a lot of roster turnover. You're the only starter returning. Um, what is it? Just you and Rod, the only two players. Yep. Back? yep. Uh, Coach McMahon went to LSU. What, what can we expect out of the racers team next season? And you guys are headed to the Missouri Valley conference. Yeah. Yeah, um, well, um, I will say we're in great hands. You know, that's first of all with Steve Brown. Um, first of all, he's a great guy. Yeah. You know, the coach put together uh, with Marcus Brown, staying back, um, really um, really is the foundation of Woodmere State. A lot of people forgot that uh, Steve Brown was the head coach when uh, Coach Matt was his assistant. Yeah. So um, really, um, really just getting back to your roots, you know. Um, you always want to play for a guy like Coach Brown, you know, uh, family first player for his guy, you know, um, nothing to get Coach Matt, but uh, Coach Brown is just a a guy that everybody loves, you know, everybody, yeah. wants to play for. you know, um, and he just brings that energy, you know, the energy that I play with, the energy that I love. And um, when you have those two things, you know, in a chance, so why not, you know, um, take it. And uh, my, my biggest thing was uh, I've always been the type of guy to do my own thing anyway. So, yeah, phase me to do that. Um, well, what I would say is, our guys, we all, um, we all just made a better decision for us. Uh, a lot of people want to question why and why. Um, we just all felt, you know, what was the best decision for us. We're like I said, we're still brothers to this day. Those mm -hmm. still my friends. You know, I wouldn't trade them for the world. I wouldn't trade anything they do for the world. I want them for the best for them. You know, that's the same for each and one of us. Um, so. Uh, what I really want people to understand is no love lost. You know, we still love Coach Matt. I still love Coach Matt. Yeah. I still coach long. Still talk to TK, you know, Juice, KJ, Tevin, like, you know, um, Dante Bostic, even from uh, Jack, Jackson Silvers, you know. Um, yeah. We all we all love each other, you know. Um, and, uh, yeah, that, it's, it, uh, I just had to clear it up because a lot of people get this consumption that um, if something went wrong in the program or this happened, um, 
everybody just made a great decision for themselves. And I'm really happy for everybody. Yeah, so you you originally entered the transfer portal right after the season, correct? And then you announced maybe two or three weeks later that you're going to come back to Murray State. Was that have, what's that? Have, two days, two days. Oh, two days? Okay. Yeah, days, yeah. So was that uh, something you wanted to, like, leave your options open or, you know, just kind of had, you know, doubt in the air of what was next? Or were you just – Um, To be honest, when I actually uh, discussed that I was going to go to transfer portal, we didn't have a head coach at the time. Right. Um, so the day that I actually went in transfer portal, that's when they hired Steve Rowe. So okay. – um, uh, but it really was just um, understanding of I wanted everything to be genuine. Like I said, I'm a genuine guy. So um, I know who I want to play for and what type of guy I want to play for. Um, uh, I'm a co- I mean, I'm, a, I'm just a player that loves the exact type of energy, exact type of organization. And uh, Murray State is heaven to me. You know, um, the community is great. Um, what I tell people is a high major and a mid-major body. Right. You know, I like that. Uh, so it's it's um it was just why you know if there's no need then uh, why and Coach Prom made it easy for me to say just the connection and love that he had for me and uh, so did the coach and um, I just felt like it was the best decision for me just like I said everyone did the best decision for them. Yep. So banking off of that, this is another question from my co-host Trevor. Um, what do you think your team needs to do next year to continue to be successful? Because obviously you guys dominated the Ohio Valley forever. Now you're going a little bit of a step up. You got really good teams in the MVC. You got Drake, Northern Iowa. What do you guys need to do to be successful in new conference? And how do you think you'll adjust personally to that? Uh, I won't think it'll be an adjustment challenge at all. Um, when you look at a non-conference, uh, you know, wins over the last 5, 10, 20 years, um, right. it's been different from conference. Um, so it's never been a challenge for uh, levels. Like I said, my high major and mid-major body. So um, we're able to play with anybody in the nation. And uh, I say the least because I believe in the Murray tradition. Um, as long as we stay to the Murray tradition and the Murray rules, everything will be fine. You know, um, the culture, the culture travel. You know, um, the culture stays where it's at. It's Murray State. Yeah. Um, as long as Murray State standing and still Murray State next year and the following years, we have no problem adjusting and uh, accepting each other. Yep. So, like you said, you guys have had great non-conference wins forever. Uh, that was kind of one of my other questions. Besides the NCAA tournament win last year or clinching the OVC title uh, over Moorhead State, was there one win that really meant the most to you? Was it the win at Memphis or, you know, you guys beat some other good teams like Chattanooga? Uh- Man, so we're talking non-conference? Yeah, like you guys, I think you guys beat two or three teams um, in the tournament. I would say, let's see, let's see. Um, man, it's so hard to just point out one moment because one of the th- the greatest things about our team, and Coach Matt always pointed out, we found ways to win. Yeah. You know, a lot of different ways that we won. It wasn't like, you know, we're a second-half team, we're a first-half team. When we need to win, we win. You know, and uh, it's, it's really hard to just try to pinpoint one because I'm running through all these memories. And if I could tell you one, that would be a lie. You know, I have so many yeah. great memories. We just one that, um, one that stood out to me, it was in conference, but I think maybe the last week of the regular season, you're, I think you're playing at SEMO. That's exactly what I was about to you say. You guys are down, what, like 10 or 12 in the last five 12, minutes? 12, what about four? Four minutes, four, yep. We're probably even, probably even close to three. Um, 
four point play and just chemistry, the bond kicked up. Yes. You know, one thing that uh, people never understood is no matter if we was down by 12, 20, or we were up by 20 or 30, we always had the same mentality and the same rules. You know, that's why I say, uh, you know, we follow this marriage tradition, nothing changed because um, just the things that have been instilled, you know, with us and even before us. Um, and even the new guys already get the concept now because, you know, they're adjusting and playing great, you know. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so, man, it's, it's, it, that was a great win um, just because of the, the, the foundation, you know. Uh, if you have a foundation, you could withstand a tornado, you know, earthquakes, whatever the case may be. <laughs> uh, you know, you always have a foundation, everything would be good. Yeah, awesome. Uh, all right, this one's kind of a personal question because I really, I've, I've followed Murray State forever, but once John Morant came through, I was like, I don't know, I just stuck with it. Love the racers. He ever popped by a practice or come to Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh my God, man. So it was all our guys. That's one thing that um, I love about Ja and the uh, Murray State, you know, former family because, well, I say former, former players, because everybody comes back, you know, you see guys popping in and out, former players from last year, two years ago, five years ago, 10, 20 years ago. You know, um, that's what makes Murray State so great is because our former guys um, is never, you know, scared, shy, or, you know, always come back to their roots because this is always home. You know, um, that's how it is for the guys that love. That's how it is for the guys that come. And that's for the guys of the future. Once you have a home, this is always your home. So, um, yeah, Ja, Ja always coming. You know, I actually got a chance to play against him a couple of times, man. Um, but, yeah, God, man, yeah, he's real. And that's what just Murray State is all about. So, as long as you're real, you won't have no problems being a Murray State race. Yep. Can you tell our viewers just what it's like playing in front of a sold-out CFSB center? The atmosphere around that building. Tell you, man, I really want your viewers to come and see the experience because it's hard to tell. Um, it's got to be electric, though. It's like playing the NCAA tournament. You <laughs> know, uh, yeah, it definitely is. You know, you're playing with people full with energy, emotions, every ooh, ah, boo, cheer. You know, you feel it. Um, Mary State. The basketball arena, even go back to race arena, you know, um, just the environment's always been packed full. And um, that's what makes Mary State basketball and sports so great is because the Mercy, the racer community is all about Mary State, you know. And uh, as long as you have a community like that, um, you always have wins because everybody wants the same thing. This is just the win. No, NIL right now is a huge topic, you know, whether it's for good or bad. Um, what are your own personal thoughts on NIL? And do you have anything lined up uh, for yourself for the upcoming year? Um, well, my personal thoughts on NIL, I think it's great. I think it's, um, it's due time, you know, because uh, our players, we sacrifice, like I said, so much time, so much energy, so many of these other things that people really don't realize. It takes you know, to, to really be um, at a, a high level, you know, that we all want to be in some point in our career. So um, I feel like it's, it's, it's way overdue, you know. Um, I feel like there are some things that we do have to clean up with it, which is kind of realistically everything that we do. But for the most part in the general aspect, I think that it's great, you know, um, 
And uh, I do have a couple NILs uh, lined up. I will be announcing them in the next upcoming days, hopefully by Monday. Um, so I have three. So uh, hopefully everybody stay tuned to my page to uh, see what's next for me on that. Awesome. Yeah, we'll definitely give you a shout out when you announce that. Um, all right, last two. So this one's from Trevor. He's a teacher out in uh, Spokane, Washington. I guess his students give him a lot of grief because he's got an awful sneaker game. Um, so his question for you, what is the favorite, your favorite pair of shoes that you own? Favorite pair of Hooban? Yeah, uh, well, just maybe your favorite basketball shoe or favorite shoe, you know, outside okay. of basketball. Well, I got, I got two. Okay, um, I love the Hooban, I'll say PGs. PG's. The PG's probably my favorite. Yeah. Um, really not specific. I really have probably uh, or Kyrie's, you know, mm -hmm. Rick Kyrie. Uh, probably between Kyrie's and PG's, I probably have like 20, 25 pair of Uber shoes. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, different. It's yeah. different. different. Just, just, yeah, I love the way they feel comfort wise. Um, and uh, shoe-wise, I have to go with some uh, Nike Dunk Lows. Okay. Uh, hopefully Trevor's watching this. He needs some tips. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, those, those, uh, those are some nice. I have the black pair. I've been trying to get the blue pair of those for probably about five months now. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. That's if I have to the favorite color where I go blue, um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, blue and uh, blues. Love it. I'll be uh, texting him later, telling him to take some tips of uh, advice from you because his students give him grief every day. He's some shoot tips, I got. All right, last last one here, and we'll let you get out of here. Um, being a New Orleans native, what is one food or one dish that you absolutely recommend to somebody visiting the city that's never been before? I would say gumbo, but not everybody cooks their gumbo right. Yeah. You know, they have tourist gumbo and real gumbo. You know, um, so if you're out, uh, I would tell anybody to try somewhere from seafood. Um, it's really not a dish. Uh, they have a lot of uh, crawfish spots out there, shrimp. Um, yeah. They have corn, um, all things with garlic. Onions, you know, they boil all chicken, um, you know, we boil everything. Um, just the way that we cook it is something unique and genuine. So uh, I'm not saying everybody would like it, but if okay, you actually you try it, is that what you should try? I definitely go with uh, some seafood, any type of boiled seafood. Awesome. Well, awesome stuff. I appreciate you joining us. Uh, thanks for taking the time and best of luck next season ahead of the Missouri Valley. Uh, Hope you collect a lot of coins on your way. Oh man, that's all it's about. That's where the money is, man. Yeah. Um, I just want to say thank you all to you guys um, for giving me a chance. Um, I want to say thanks to the racing community for embracing me again and you know, on this challenge. And I uh, definitely want to give a shout out to New Orleans just for being who they are, being who we are. And um, yeah, and I want everybody to go and recruit and watch New Orleans kids. I promise you will not be disappointed. There's a lot of undiscovered talent and abilities that people would definitely need to use. So, um, yeah, thank you for the opportunity again, man. I got I got to say one thing to the viewers before you uh, leave. This guy right here had more coins or rebounds than Jalen Dern in their matchup with uh, Memphis 
back in the non-conference. And Duran's going to be a lottery pick in a few uh, weeks here. So <laughs> I just had to throw that out there. Hey, uh, how are we? Yep. Awesome. All right, DJ. Appreciate it. Best of luck next season. Thank you, man. You have a great night. Yeah, you too. Loved that interview. Like, clearly a super loyal, super genuine, super good dude. Uh, like, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like whenever you talk to players, especially, like, athletes at that level, sometimes it's it's kind of a mixed bag of what you're going to get. Yes. And, I mean, he seems like one of the nicest people of all time, <laughs> yeah. which is really cool. That was probably one of the best guys I could have interviewed for my first one. <laughs> that's, that's a pretty sweet one out the gate. Like, yeah. Well, just, just the caliber of player he is, plus like the answers, how detailed they were, just made it a really great overall interview. Shane and I were also uh, we were talking before the show. Like, there is no better guy. Like, for every high school coach right now would just like drool over that. Mm -hmm. They'd be like, "Oh, your favorite stat is rebounds. Your favorite thing to say is like, yeah. hey, make sh like like we're gonna be great no matter what. It's racer tradition. Hey, go recruit. You know, my hometown yeah. kids. Like, you're just like." He's pretty much like the guy you don't have to draw up a play for. He's just going to play hard, going to rebound the ball, play defense. Like a coach's dream would be to have like 10 of those guys on his roster. For real, for real. And so please make, again, huge, huge thank you to DJ again for coming on um, mm -hmm. and joining us. So kind. And make sure you go follow him. Uh, he is at uh, underrated. Uh, it's at U-N-D-E-R-R-A-T-E-D-D -D -D underscore. And you can follow him on Instagram uh, or Twitter. It Twitter, stays the yeah. same. So huge, huge fan of him coming on. Really appreciate mm -hmm. you, man. So. Yeah. It was, it was kind of surreal for me because I've followed Murray State for so long, watched all 34 games last year just about. So I go from watching him to interviewing him within a few months. It's pretty sweet. Pretty surreal. It's good stuff. Mm -hmm. So, all right, let's jump into our next segment. So we wanted to make sure to update you. We had, again, a little less transfer chaos than last week. I think last week we had, we had, to, we had to, like, narrow it down to 15. And this week we just have five for you that are coming your way. But uh, I'm going to jump straight in uh, and get us moving here because we mentioned this on the show because it just, like, news it just broke. I want to say it was on the first. Uh, Malachi Smith from Chattanooga is coming to. Gonzaga. Wait, 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 wait. Drum roll. Drum roll. Oh. Well, I'm, I'm scared. Are we rolling for Gonzaga? Yes. Okay. okay. <laughs> That's right. We have to drum roll. For I, I really wanted Shay. I was going to ask him the other day, like, you should just keep, like, a tally mark for every time. I, I, can't, I can't believe we made it 34 minutes in without a Gonzaga reference. It's. I almost interrupted the interview just to be like, hey, just want to let you know that Gonzaga is pretty good. So, yeah. yeah. We'll go back. Um, but so Malachi coming over is a, a very huge pickup for Gonzaga. He was SoCon player of the year, um, had 19.9 board or excuse me, points a game, like six boards. He's an awesome player, shoots really well from deep, had offers from like Louisville, Texas Tech, mm -hmm. um, DePaul and Stanford. He, it was kind of surprising that he came over. People said that he might not just because of how deep the Gonzaga backcourt right. is. But I found an interview from him where he quoted specifically and said, they want me to demonstrate that I can be a versatile defender against NBA caliber talent while continuing to show my offensive game as a point guard. They want to see that I can compete at this level. And so he felt like Gonzaga also had the offense that really translates super well to the NBA. And so I, Hey, fine. Come join us, man. I'm super pumped. I yeah. think he's going to help us plenty down the road. So mm -hmm. go Malachi, big fan. 
All right, next one. We got Isaiah Mosley, which talking about the MVC where Murray State is headed, he was probably the most efficient player um, in the country last season at Missouri State in the MVC. Actually, the first player in Division One history, first player ever to have 50-40-90 splits, which if you don't know what that means, it's 50% from the field, 40% from deep, and 90% from the free throw line. First player ever to have those splits while having multiple 40-plus point games in a season. Um, when you're the only person to do something in the history of college basketball, you're big-time transfer. So he's going to stay in-state. He's going to go to the Missouri Tigers, uh, play in the SEC, Six foot five, um, averaged over 20 a game last season, made 73s. Uh, you can score inside, out. Just really efficient, really great playmaker. Also uh, provided about six rebounds per game for the Bears. First team all MVC. Um, not much else can be said that will, you know, make you realize how great of a player he is. I cannot even come close to imagine what 40 points a game. It looks like there's not even a a, time, a single game in my life of pickup or playing in the yard with my sister that I could have dropped 40 <laughs> points. Like, I was going to say, if you like pulled out a little uh, mini uh, Fisher-Price hoop, I think I, you score I, 40 on your kids. Maybe. I, Pops has got good defense. She might cry her way to get me to stop, but, you know, we'll see. Yeah. Um, moves us to number three, Keon Brooks from Kentucky heads over to University of Washington to join the Huskies. Uh, he's a former five-star recruit. Uh, UW is kind of in, not even kind of, they are in full rebuild mode. They lost seven players. They brought in four transfers and three recruits to try and replace them. But I think that Brooks is going to be their main guy at this point. He's a small forward. Um, as a junior last season, he started every game, or uh, yeah, all 33 for Kentucky. He had a career high 10.8 points a game, 4.4 boards. Uh, he only played 24 minutes. And so, I mean, scoring double digits for the Wildcats, as good as they were, is a pretty telling sign that he's a great yeah. player. He had about 20 games in double figures. He posted 27 points against Kansas. So he clearly has no problem dealing with good teams, even 19 points um, when they lost to Tennessee in the conference tournament. Uh, I think he's just going to dominate for the Huskies. It was a I, Do you think I think the a Huskies can become relevant again soon. I don't know if Why? I'm going to go that far yet. Maybe just because they've been so quiet yeah. for so long. Um, but I, I, he'll be their star. So I think at the very least, they'll he'll probably give them a fighting chance against a couple of good teams. So maybe 500 in the conference next year. Sure. Yeah, and yeah. I think the teams are at least going to have to you know make some moves to game plan for him. Again, if you're if you're scoring, you know, almost. 25 points against some really elite teams. I don't think he's going to have a problem with who the Huskies end up facing. But I'm, I'm actually really excited. They'll play Gonzaga um, in a rematch that COVID had taken away. That's two Gonzaga, by the way. That's that's two references. Yeah, um, I heard, uh, Aaron, Aaron Current has a new hot take that uh, the Huskies are going to beat the Bulldogs next year. I He would. You know what? He would. <laughs> of course he would. But I'm, I'm excited because when I saw that news, I was like, I'm going to get to see him play maybe. So that's cool. Yeah, thanks. All right, let's move on to number four. This one, uh, I like this pickup for the Iona Gales, uh, for Rick Pitino. Um, they add a 6'2 guard in Jalen Hawkins. Uh, he's coming from Norfolk State. Been to two straight NCAA tournaments, won two MEAC championships with the Spartans. Um, I think he averaged double figures each of the last two years, like the second leading scorer. So he's got NCAA tournament experience. Um, he's also from the Bronx, which is – maybe a half hour from New Rochelle where the Gales play. 
So he's coming back home. I think it's a good fit for both sides. Um, maybe the Gales, you know, will get over the hump next year and get back to the tournament. And if they do, they'll have a guy that's got plenty of experience there. So that's really, I think it's one of the most underrated pickups, at least, you know, up this way, up north uh, for Mac country. One of the best pickups of the offseason so far. And Iona needs to win a tournament game. Yeah. They so, need to win the, the conference, and they need to go win a tournament game. Patino yeah. do. So so Trevor and I, like, first started collabing, like, what was it, like a month and a half ago, two months. And uh, we were, like, shooting back and forth. What are some, like, topics to write about? And I'm like, how about one why Iona cannot win an NCAA tournament game? I think they lost the last 14 times they've made it. And then – the Peacocks from the same conference come in and immediately win three games, beat Kentucky and Purdue. Like, I own it. You got to you got to step up your game eventually. It's gonna happen. Patino will get it together at some point. Inevitable, maybe, maybe. But um, and then that'll bring us to uh, last one for transfer portal news. This is a really intriguing one. Um, Justin Powell moves from Tennessee to Washington State. The reason it's so intriguing is because people may not know Powell from Tennessee. He hardly played. I think he shoot probably played about like 14 minutes. He averaged like four points for Tennessee. So really quiet there. But his first year as a freshman, he came in for Auburn and had 11 points, six boards and four assists through his like his first 10 games. He had like back to back 26 point games. So he was like one of those guys who was like, oh, shoot, this guy might be legit. And then he had a really bad concussion that sidelined him for the year. And that totally derailed like yeah. the hot streak that he was on, uh, which is really unfortunate. He obviously went to Tennessee and was able to put in some minutes for him. But I think after realizing not like not, the year before. Right. And once he realized, I don't think I'm going to get the minutes that I, I'm wanting. I think Wazoo is a perfect spot for him. Gonna, I, They got decimated by the portal. They did just bring back Gaye, who is a big man for him. He's a big forward. Uh, so he's at least one of their returners, but they lost so many people. He's going to go be, I think, probably one of their best players. If he can go back to how he was playing with Auburn, I have no doubt that he would completely show out in the Pac-12 for them. Yeah. So Trevor, Trevor hits a Gonzaga, a Washington Husky, and a Wazoo Cougar. You can't <laughs> tell he's from the state of Washington. It was a good, good week for the state of Washington. So oh. I, they have been dominating for the past two weeks, I think. Yep. Uh, Wazoo, again, I don't know if I want to say that they're dominating much again. They got smoked by the transfer portal. But that this does help. And this was Absolutely. a nice, nice rebound. We have it a lot of – alleviates the uh, rest of the offseason they've had. There you go. Yes. The least. That was oof, rough. But – all right. And next – so there's your transfer portal news. We are now going to shift uh, gears into the lookout. Go for it. Yep. Uh, so we, uh, we had the Elite Eight segment and the Ice Cold segment. Um, we're going to introduce a third one this week. It's going to be the Lookout for. It's uh, sponsored by the Lookout Cafe, which is in Lake George, New York. Um, look at that. Best view of Lake George, located right on Fort William Henry property. Um, come in, have a drink, nice frozen margarita, frozen daiquiri. Um, also has some awesome food, burgers, uh, sandwiches, wraps, salads, nachos, you name it. Um, can't beat that view at all. And, you know, also the history of Fort William Henry, if you're not sure, um, basically the property of where this place is, it's located right, like one of the main battlegrounds of the Revolutionary War. So there's just the history to it and the view. If you've never been, you got to come in and try it. 
So, and let's go ahead and take this down if I can figure out how to do that. Don't mind me, folks. We were able to post a nice, lovely view from the Lookout Cafe. Uh, Shay's the guy who kind of brought them in, which is cool, and they opened up a perfect segment for yes. us. With so, so I actually work there right now, but even working there full time, I don't eat there as much as Trevor eats at Adello's. <laughs> it's again, that's a personal problem, I think. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I get like, I'll get a meal to go like every couple of days, but Trevor's just mounting <laughs> down at Adello's. Pizza man, like it is, it's hard to stay away from, dude. It's so good. I oh, I had their fun fact: their spaghetti and meatballs for the first time tonight. The meat meatballs, homemade, phenomenal, phenomenal. Yeah, I'm sure. Look out when I we'll we'll talk about this next week when we draft our our teams. Shane, and I yeah. have a, a I'm big bet, big bet coming, which mm -hmm. I think will be huge uh it'll be kind of imagine a fantasy draft but the winner gets flown out by the loser to their yeah. side of the state you want to just explain it quick yeah sure absolutely so jay yeah. and i decided uh he's got a whole point system set up but we were going to pick 10 teams um Each. from all across uh college basketball this year five high majors five mid majors and we took some of the big names off the table so no gonzaga's no kentucky's no um, and it's just going to be based on how these teams do. We're, we're picking them as kind of like favorites at the beginning of the season. And there will be point values for the different things that they do towards the end. So if they win their conference, they get 20-plus yeah. wins. Go to the Sweet 16. Sure. Whatever it's going to be. Um, yeah. And the winner at the end of this person with the most points is going to get flown out to the loser yeah. state by the loser. And we're going to go catch a college basketball game together, which will be yeah. just like the – it, it'll be the you know running across the beach do 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 <laughs> day and i to be like yes and i love you and now we can go watch basketball together let's go yeah. so, uh, but i also i also had a hot take that when this happens my first stop in washington that's if i go out that way he might be coming this way um if i get out there i'm gonna head straight to adelos it's yeah first yeah. spot number one you will be welcomed i'm sure I'll, I'll make a whole there'll be banners there'll be you know streamers everywhere yes. um, and if i head that way we'll be sure to hit lookout cafe very yes. so very speaking of lookout cafe let's get into this segment um each week we're gonna have a lookout segment you know look out for five players that could blow up next year look out for five games to watch once we're in the season we're gonna start the first segment out with a lookout segment on Five coaches from the same exact conference, five new hirings from the SEC, and what the potential they could bring to their new program is. So I'll get right into it. Um, we're going to start with Matt McMahon. It's only fitting that we just had a Murray State player on. Uh, we're going to go with the coach from last season. Took the LSU job after last season. Um, seven years with the Racers. He's 154 and 67. Uh, three NCAA tournament appearances, four regular season OVC championships. Top, like we mentioned earlier, tied a school record with 31 wins last season. OVC coach of the year for a good reason. Um, he's bringing over three players from the racers, including KJ Williams, which is the Ohio Valley player of the year. Um, one of the big things he did in taking this job, he got Adam Miller, which he didn't play last season injured, but uh, two seasons ago was a freshman star with the uh, Illinois fighting Illini. He transferred in last year, didn't play. I think he tore his ACL or Achilles, one of the two. Yeah, but he got him to stay, so he should be a big, um, you know, big-time player next season. Got Luani Wilkinson to stay. And he added – he's only been there maybe six, seven weeks, whatever it is. 
already added two top 100 recruits for this class, 2022. Adds Tyrell Ward, uh, ESPN number 34, and Jalen Reed, which he's the number 85 prospect in the country. So the the fact that he could reel in two players that late in the recruiting process, I mean, we're talking April, end of April, beginning of May, um, and he got two guys to come in. So I think it's going to be a little bit of an adjustment going to the SEC for him and the former Murray State players, but I think they're going to do well. I don't, I don't see them falling, you know, behind the middle of the pack. I think they'll be at least an average to above average team in the SEC. I think uh, they'll still be, yeah, re- relevant above relevant. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying they're going to win the conference, but I guarantee they're not going to be in the bottom four or five, whatever it is. So I think they'll be competitive night in and night out. McMahon's also familiar with the SEC. Uh, he was a graduate assistant with the Tennessee Volunteers way back. We're talking 2000, 2001, 2002. Um, he's actually been coaching since 99. Uh, he started as an assistant, and he's he's only 44 now. So he's been coaching just about even over half of his life. So had the head job with Murray State, killed it there. Uh, been an assistant with Appalachian State, Tennessee, a couple other schools. Uh, he just – He's really – I think there's a lot of promise because of how young he is and the experience and the winning culture he's going to bring. So I think the Tiger fans will be happy. I don't think they're going to have a problem bringing him in. Obviously, a successful mid-major guy. Yeah. He'll be great. He'll be good. He'll be good. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, and I'm going to stick into the SEC – or I'm going to stick in the SEC, um, and I'm going to pick – and I've mentioned this guy plenty of times so far. I'm going with Todd Golden. Uh, and I think that Florida is about to become a severely underrated team in the SEC because of him. Um, he definitely brings the Gators into dark horse mode. He took the San Francisco Dons last year over in the WCC to their first, you know, tournament trip in like almost over a decade. Bill uh, Russell, right? No, yeah. 98. 98. Yeah. So it, right, I mean, it's been it's been a while for that. I think that, uh, they can before ninety eight, it had to have been the Bill Russell days. It may have been, it may have actually been. So, I mean, it's been a long time, and I mean, he just showed up. He's a super young coach, and he's kind of like the imagine like the money ball, like Billy Bean version of you know <laughs> college basketball coaching. He's like, I have these weird like little computer analytics, and I'm going to figure out how to beat all of these really great teams. Um, get, I mean, had a great tournament run. Uh, could have continued on, but so be it. But he also brings back obviously you know Colin Castleton, who's your two time All SEC guy. Uh, he's going to bring in some big transfers. Will Richard from Belmont, Kyle Lofton from St. Bonaventure, which was a huge pickup for them. As soon as they got him, I was like, I think that they just vaulted themselves into like probably conference contention, like to potentially win it. Mm -hmm. I think that's huge. Uh, And hot take 2023, 24 Florida wins the conference. Saying it now. I'm going to bank on it. I think that he is going to bring, continue to bring in some really good guys. He was a sales guy before he even jumped into college. I asked you how old he is. He looks like he's like 27. I don't actually know the answer. I'm going to look it up while you're yeah. doing this. He's over 40. There's de- no way he's over yeah. 40. He is like he's in his 80s, though. So I'm going to look that up while you yeah. are bringing up our next coach. All right, yeah. Awesome. So the whole entire segment is going to be SEC. There will be a pattern. We This one we kind of you know talked about beforehand, and you know we – Trevor listed off, I think, three or four names. I listed off three or four. And we noticed, we're like, wow, we 90, yeah, seven out of eight, whatever it was, were SEC coaches. So we're like, let's just do the SEC hirings for the offseason. Stick with one theme. So the next guy is Dennis Gates. Uh, he's headed to Missouri. 
He coached Cleveland State the last few years. He actually took over the program three years ago. Um, and I found this stat to be interesting. The four years before he took over the Vikings, they lost 89 games. So over 22 games a year. That's not good. You only play 30 to 35 games a year in college. Um, so they immediately, he takes over the program for 2019-20, immediately goes near 500 in the Ryzen League, uh, turns the program around instantly. And I know you'll appreciate this. Uh, he somehow won Horizon League Coach of the Year, and they were 7-11 and in the Horizon League. That's how bad Cleveland State was, like, the first four years before that. <laughs> that he won the Coach of the Year at a, with a 7-11 and team, didn't make the NCAA tournament nothing. So that kind of speaks to the rebuilding job that he performed at Cleveland State. So then after that season, two years ago, he wins – the Horizon League Championship. They go to the NCAA Tournament. Um, he wins Horizon League Coach of the Year again. So he's won it twice in his last three years. Last season won a regular season title, but uh, fell short in the conference tournament. But just the job he did in rebuilding a program like that speaks volumes. Um, so as soon as he accepts the job with the Tigers, the first thing he did, one of the biggest things, he retained the leading scorer from last season, Kobe Brown. Um, Average double figures, you know, that's – we don't see a lot of guys now staying with their program when you have a coaching change if you're the leading scorer. You know, how many guys we can name have left right away immediately. And uh, he was able to bring them back in, so that's big. He's This guy, Gates has killed it in the transfer portal so far. You know, if you tuned in earlier, we spoke about Isaiah Mosley, uh, one of the most efficient 20-plus point-per-game scorers ever. Um, besides him, he brought in Noah Carter, which was second team all MVC last season with Northern Iowa, averaged 15 a game. Uh, he's like 6'6", kind of like kind of like a small ball four, kind of should be a three, but he plays the four, defends bigger guys. Uh, good two-way player. He's also bringing two players in with him, just like McMahon bringing guys to LSU. Gates is bringing guys from Cleveland State into Missouri. Uh, Trey Gomillion and Des Moines Hodge which, by the way, have been the last two Horizon League player, defensive player of the years. So he's adding a bunch of scoring in Mosley and Carter, and then he's bringing in two defensive stalwarts. So that's that's definitely a great offseason, and he's only had the job for you know a few months. Um, also bringing in two more names I'm going to mention. DeAndre Golston, who is from the Horizon League, so he played against him. He was with Milwaukee. He's a 15-point-per-game scorer. So that's three 15-plus point-per-game scorers they're bringing in. And then he added, uh, you know, just for giggles, he added Nick Nick Honor from Clemson. Um, guy that's played in the ACC the last few seasons. Ton of experience. So really just Gates, I think he's going to turn around Missouri. They had an awful season. Only went like 12-21 and 21 or something. Um just like McMahon, also, this guy's in his early 40s. He's 42, been an assistant at Marquette, California, Florida State. So he's – I think he was the perfect fit for this program. Perfect. And I think and how old is Golden? Uh, Golden's 36. So, I knew it. Yeah. Yeah, I was say, very, clo- very close. A lot of young coaches coming into the SEC here. Yeah. Um, really shaking up that conference, which is mm-hmm. cool. And let's move into the next guy. You said uh, I think they had just gone 12 and 21. Well – Interesting you say that because Chris Jans took his uh, original program at Bowling Green from 12 and 20 to 21 and 12. Chris Jans has won everywhere that he has been. Like there has been no question that he is a legit coach. He just took New Mexico State 
Um, he's got 122 and 32 with them uh, as head coach. He takes them to uh, the tournament. They upset UConn as a 12 seed. Uh, they eventually lost to you know Arkansas, who moves on to the Elite Eight. He took them to the tournament four times in a stint as head coach there. Um, won 25-plus point games four times as well. I mean, he's just a, uh, an absolute stud wherever he's really been. And he's kind of been a journeyman. He is coached in – uh, junior college, he's got, taken a couple of teams to, like the junior college championships. He coached at Howard. He coached as an assistant with, um, you know, Wichita State. And in every single place that he has been, they have either improved their winning record or they have like won their comp. Like it has been a, a massive leap when he is around. Um, he won the Joby Hall National Coach of the Year when he was at Bowling Green. We could probably just keep saying all of these things and just be like, look how good he is, but. Um, I'll, yeah. I'll limit it, but really the big thing for them is like the Bulldogs haven't really been notable since in 2018 and 19, uh, they had seven top 100 recruits on the team. Um, they lost in the first round. So yeah. And which was kind of like a, a super letdown, mm-hmm. but since then they've gone like ninth and 10th in the conference the last two years, they've made very little noise in the way of recruiting. And I think that that's why he's coming to replace Howland is like, they expected him to at least kind of continue a semblance of their success that they had there. And he really didn't. And so Jans they're hoping who clearly has this kind of winning, you know, aura about him. They're hoping that he can really haul in a couple of big recruits to them, at least make them a little bit more relevant in the conference. So that they're not just kind of like, you know, seller dwelling for him anymore. Yeah. So Chris Jans to look out for. The thing uh, yeah. I always notice about his rosters I'm not going to say he recruited castoffs, but he recruited guys that were really off the radar. Like, even Teddy Allen comes in, averages 20 a game. He kind of wasn't really heavily recruited in the transfer portal last year because of his issues at whatever other schools. He played for Nebraska. I think he yeah. had, you know, some off-the-court issues. So, Jans kind of combines these players like Allen and, like you said, Juco guys, guys that weren't given a fair shot with other programs and he brings them in as a mesh together and they win 25 to 30 games every year. He's yes, clearly a very good mm-hmm. coach for what, for, for what he has and like the places that he goes, it just yeah. like a complete flip around. So mm-hmm. whatever he's got in his, you know, I don't know what magic wonder drug he has, but it's it, <laughs> man. So there you go. All right, let's get to the last coach to look out for in the sec next season, which I think, out of the 14 teams, half of them got a new coach. So yeah. this should be an interesting conference. But uh, I'm going to go with Lamont Paris. He's Did not uh, mean to kill you with the noise there. My bad. Uh, you my kind bad. of exploded on the scene last year, like that noise that you just had on there. <laughs> there, there you have it. That's what it yeah. was. I knew you had that <laughs> up for a reason. Um, so he, he comes out of nowhere in the last couple of years with Chattanooga. Uh, common theme, he's in his mid-40s as well like all the coaches I picked. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he led Chattanooga to a 27-8 and eight season last year. Uh, first NCAA tournament appearance in like six seasons. They should have upset Illinois. I watched the entire game. They led, out of 40 minutes, they led 39 minutes and 20-something seconds. So, blew it. Had a 14-point lead, you know. But uh, he won 65 games over the last three seasons with the Mocs. 2022 SoCon Coach of the Year. Um, before his stint with Chattanooga, he was a Wisconsin assistant. So he's got some, uh, you know, big time experience coaching in the Big Ten. Um, you know, just like these other coaches, he's had a really great, solid off season. Uh, it brings in Hayden Brown from Citadel. Um, 
which is an in-state school in, in South Carolina from the uh, SoCon. 6'5", really has a big frame, averaged 19 and almost 10 last season, nine and a half rebounds. So almost average, a couple points, a couple of rebounds, he's averaging 20 and 10 a game, which is big time. 1,400 career points. Uh, Harris has also brought in Michi Johnson Jr. from Ohio State. I uh, brought in a guy from Illinois, Benjamin Boswins Verdonk, like 6'8", big man. And then the last piece he brought in, Abrima Deba from Coastal Carolina, another smaller in-state South Carolina school. Um, he averaged like nine a game, another solid piece for the Gamecocks next season. And South Carolina is coming off a year where they finished tied for fifth in the SEC. So, you know, I think it might be a little bit of a rebuild, reload situation because Frank Martin leaves and a bunch of guys transferred out. But I think the future is definitely promising there. Sure. So – I feel like the SEC is going to be a total wild card. Six coaches. Um, it's not all six got hired, but you have like Florida coach moving down to coach Georgia. And yeah. Then you bring in five new guys to different programs. It'll be really interesting. I, I, I still think you've got, you know, Kentucky and Arkansas are going to run mm-hmm. that conference, but be up there. It, it's good. Or yeah, you know, Tennessee is going to be around. Like, mm-hmm. It'll be still the main guys, I think at the top, but, It'll be cool to see one or two of these coaches are obviously going to cause some problems for some of those top tier teams. It'll be it'll be cool to see who it is. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see who can kind of establish themselves as the newcomer coach of the year. Right. You know, newcoming coach of the year. Um, I I kind of I let Trevor take Golden because he's just a big WCC guy, but I think that's maybe my favorite overall pickup. You know, for the Gators. I think it'll be huge mm-hmm. for them. I, it's either going to pan out incredibly well, or it's going to be really bad. I don't, also, I don't he's thirty six, so he's probably got thirty, forty years left. Which, if he, hey man, if he can take yeah. over the way that he did, I mean, to turn around the San Francisco program to just add kind of the same improvement level to Florida, he'll be just fine. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. but all right, and let's uh, we're going to move into our next se- segment, which is our ice cold segment, similar to the lookout segment, but in this case, we're going to be looking at players that aren't so hot or coaches that aren't so hot or conferences that aren't so hot. Um, and this segment is presented by our great sponsor, Kona ice. So summer on its way, you're about to hear the vans cruising around your neighborhood with the beautiful songs that get stuck in your head. We love summertime and we love the ice cream they bring. I welcome that noise into my neighborhood every time, always down to buy some ice cream for my kids there. It's great for any occasion. I've always said, and will always say if you show up, no matter what the occasion is with ice cream, uh, from Kona Ice, whether it's their slushies or their dilly bars, their ice cream cones, everyone's going to love you. No one will ever be upset with you. You will just be like, oh, you're the cool guy who brought the Kona Ice stuff to the party. Like, thank you. You're a wonderful human. So we love Kona Ice. We love all their products, all their sweet treats that you get for your kids and for your family and for yourself. Um, also, make sure that if you ever want to bring a Kona Ice van to your place, please give them a call in advance. And they would love to show up for your company parties, for your kids' birthday parties. Uh, for your barbecue cookouts, for your neighborhood, whatever it may be. Uh, we love Kona Ice. They're great sponsors here for Mental Dime. So huge thank you to them. And that brings us into our Kona Ice segment. So we decided this uh, week that we would be looking at ice cold players that we are like, yo, these players have got to step, step it up, up at some point. Before we get started with this, I kind of picture you as the guy, like, you know, when you get a babysitter. You're going to a house party. You just walk in with like six pizzas in your right arm from Adello's, and then <laughs> ice in the left. And then 
everybody everybody at the party flocks to you like this guy has got it going he's got everything we need i just am like extreme like a daddy daycare situation where it's like <laughs> i've got like my my backpack full of bottles and diapers but i've got the pizza and the ice cream i'm carrying one kid on the front kind of like a hangover I, i'm i'm right ready. There you go. I'm so prepared for this party he's the guy that you invite to every party <laughs> oh man so um, again, Shay and I decided to go with um, some ice cold players this week, and I am going to start us off with. Let me get to my spot here before I I totally mess this up. Um, oh, this is a big one, and I think that I'm not alone in believing that this guy has been ice cold, or at the very least, needs to start heating up for him. Um, we have got. I'm going to bring his uh, highlight reel in here because it is important. Imani Bates, who is now in the transfer portal. So he jumped in for the Memphis Tigers. Big thing about Bates is, you know, he starts off coming into uh, – he, he makes it to the cover of Sports Illustrated as a young kid, touted mm -hmm. as like, this dude That's is about to be the absolute generational talent. Like, he's the next MJ. He's the next LeBron. And he – a reason for that is when he's 13, he's called up on the Nike eyeball circuit, which is like unprecedented. Like, you have to be – on the next level as a young kid to be making these moves. So he comes into Memphis and it's not like he's bad by any means, but he's pedestrian in numbers. He's got like 9.7 points, three boards and two assists. And he just really is underwhelming compared to what people were kind of expecting. He came in yeah. with another top recruit of Jalen Duran and everyone was like, Oh shoot. Memphis is about to be insane. And he just totally falls apart. People have now said they're thinking that maybe – so he left with a back injury that really kind of sidelined him for a lot of the season um, or limited his minutes. So people are starting to say, like, I think it was the back problems that, you know, caused him to have such a poor, you know, freshman year. But for him to just be going from all the pressure and hype of having, I mean, you know, Sports Illustrated on your back, like touting you as the best player of all time to then be like, oh, yeah, I score a couple of points here couple of minutes for memphis not very good so if he can figure it out wherever he lands from the transfer portal i think he can still be great mm -hmm. but he's gonna have to show it my take on him every game i watched last season he it's like which he's also came into last year he was 17 he reclassified so he really should have been a high school senior but he just didn't really have a feel for the college game last year he's jacking shots that were not in the rhythm of the offense um Kind of almost frustrating to watch because he does have so much talent and promise. But just the way he played, the shots he took was just like, you got to be kidding me. Like, you got a team with so many stars and he just couldn't fit in really. So maybe he'll find a new home and turn it around, hopefully. You know, a great comment right here from our good friend Jimbo. Uh, here we go. I didn't even reference it this time. That baby Jimbo. Love it, man. By the way, if you don't know who Jimbo is, he's one of our writers from Metal Dimes. You can find him at Jimbo Takes over on Instagram. He's got some good stuff going on there. But yes, absolutely, he needs to team up with Gonzaga. Thank you, Jim. Appreciate you, man. I'm waiting for the Aaron Current comment that Timmy's going to be in Lexington. <laughs> he's like, I'm, I'm still waiting for Timmy to jump in that transfer portal. Get that. Nah. Mess. Oh, my God. A mess. But all right. Who's your guy? Uh, so originally we panned this out. I have a guy from Texas, Dylan DeSue. Um, numbers dropped off really big time, but I kind of did some more research the other day and I didn't realize he had a big time knee injury. So I'm not going to mention him in this because that's tough to uh, get over, but that hurts. 
Yeah. So I'm going to go with kind of multiple people in the same role. I'm just going to go with Oregon State Beavers. I know it's a player segment, but they – so two years ago, they come out of nowhere and go to the Elite Eight somehow. And they were kind of hyped up coming into last season because they returned six of the top eight players from that team. And, you know, Elite Eight, you got six guys with valuable experience from the tournament. Um three starters back, like we're going to be really good again, probably make the NCAA tournament. Far from it. Um, went 3-28, and 1-19 in the Pac-12, ended the season on 18-game losing streak. And I was just kind of looking in their uh, player statistics on ESPN. Uh, Maurice Kalou, who was like really one of the pivotal parts of their Elite Eight run, he had like 15 points per game, or 15 points in like three or four games. He shot 33% last season. Um, yeah, average like just over eight a game, which you're scoring 15 points per game in the NCAA tournament. You think he'd build on that, right? And come back last season and, you know, maybe become a breakout star in the Pac 12 or, you know, build momentum off of what he did the year before. Far from that. Um, we're going ice cold. I've Deshaun Davis on their team was nine for 48 on the year from three point range. That's, under 19%. Yeah. Um, <laughs> There's not even a heat check in there. Like, so. Yeah. yeah. So, like, you can, you could kind of go down the list of players and just find a fault. Like, uh, I think their leading scorer shot under 43% for the year, which isn't terrible, but usually your leading scorer is going to be like probably close to the 50 plus field goal percent mark. No, it was like 42%, 43%. Like, there's really no impressive numbers on this team. They lost to UC Davis in the non-conference. Lost to the Sanford Bulldogs, which, you know, that's Zach's team down there in the Birmingham area. Um, they're not bad, but shouldn't be beating Pac-12 teams, you know. That's or at least how they beat them. I, I don't even think it was close. Um, and then they also lost to Tulsa. They, they just – they never got anything established last season coming from Elite Eight to – Probably one of the five most disappointing teams in the country. Speaking of disappointing Oregon teams, it's funny that you mentioned Oregon State <laughs> because I'm just going to follow up with the Oregon Ducks. So, um, uh, I mean, really, really similar. I, I don't understand the Ducks, dude. I don't get it. They can haul in recruits. They're Nike University. They typically bring in some really solid players. And it feels like all the time they're just they're like the ex-girlfriend team where it's like no like i'm gonna go back to them like they're gonna be they're, they're gonna make a chain and they never do like i'm just like obsessed with them and they just let me down over and over and over there that's what the ducks are to me so i'm sorry and which is ironic because guess what they're my dark horse to win the back 12 this year so i'm i'm still with them but a lot whatever so yep. big thing for them uh, i'm calling showing quincy gary right now who was from Syracuse, then with the Ducks, right? So, yeah. So, yeah. that I was just going to say, that yeah. the reason I'm showing you this clip right here, if you're watching our YouTube channel, um, is Quincy Guerriere, because Syracuse kid comes in, 13 points a game. People are like, oh, yeah, he's coming in for the Ducks. He's going to thrive down low. They've got Dante Nefale, who's really, really good down there as well. They're going to dominate. No. In fact, in almost every single statistical category, he drops. So, he goes from 13 a game to 10. One block a game to almost none. Shoots 493 from the field to 420. And, like, showed plenty of promise. Like, he was, like, super hot and then super cold. So, we had a handful of games at 20-plus points, but then had seven games with four or less. 
Wow. It's like you got to be able to figure it out. Um, yeah. And real quick, one last thing is uh, Nafali is like a really high level recruit that came in. I, I think it was on like like 4.7 average on verbal commits. Um, but he had this really underwhelming backup role. He had an ACL injury. And so they're, they keep waiting for him to really show up and be super, super good. And he just hasn't really done much of anything. Like, even before his injury, they were like, okay, he's going to figure it out. He's going to figure it out. Then he gets injured. And then since then, I mean, Oregon has just kind of suffered. I have a, a, a good friend of mine who is a an Oregon native he, from Lake Oswego. Uh, shout out Brandon Boiler. He, his thing was like, we had too many guys who wanted to be the guy. Everyone be the dude scoring 20 a night and there was just no rhythm between them. And so I, again, though, I'm going to pick them again as my, my ex-girlfriend team. And they have a newcomer, Kalel Ware, who is like a 17 points a game, eight boards in his first couple mm-hmm. games for team USA. Like he's a super high level recruit. He's going to be great. Do I invest in them again? Sure. Like, yeah, see, I, I, Will Richardson's coming back. Like mm-hmm. I'm in again and they're going to break my heart again. So yeah. So they have Dior Johnson, who I'm familiar with. He's coming in as well. And um, I think, did they just have someone decommit from them today? Oh, hopefully maybe, it wasn't him. Maybe they did. Maybe. I, I don't know what to look that up. But so this quick story, this kid, I think I told you this off air one time. This Dior Johnson, he's like the number 30 player in the country uh, on ESPN's recruiting. He's from New York, like two hours south of where I live. <clears throat> and um, my senior year in high school, I averaged – 29 a game, um, playing in a small small league, Class C, Class D. And I think I was, like, one of the top five in, you know, like the area of New York that I was in for points per game at one point. And I look, and this kid's ahead of me. His name's Dior Johnson. We're going back to, two, we're going back to 2015, 2014-15. He was in seventh grade playing Class A, which is the highest level in New York, averaging, like, almost 30 a game. What? Yeah. He let you do that? Like, oh, this kid's that. Yeah, he was like 12. He's averaging like high 20s, 30 a game. Um, I'm pretty sure immediately left for prep school after that season. He was, Can you imagine being 13, playing with like 18-year-old men? Like, yeah. and just like, I'm just... So if he didn't leave, I think he's probably this year like – getting close to Joe Girard's scoring record, which is outrageous in New York. It's like 4,800 points because he averaged 30 as a seventh grader. So 30 times 20, he already had like 700 points as a seventh grader. Yeah. I, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Anyway, so let's, let's go to the uh, fourth one. Uh, this guy I kind of followed a lot last year. Um, anyone that follows us knows I'm a big mid-major guy. Um, his name is Ben Roderick, played for Ohio, who – the Bobcats have kind of been one of the uh, one of the dangerous mid-majors within the last 10 to 15 years. Going back to the DJ Cooper days, they beat Georgetown. Um, even, you know, they beat, I think they went to the Sweet 16 in like 2013. Um, so this guy, two years ago, 2021 tournament, Ohio once again makes the tournament, and they upset Virginia in the 13-4 matchup. And he was like one of the key reasons why. I mean, they had Ben Vanderplas and Mark Sears and um, – What's his name that went to the Clippers? Jason Preston. But this guy had a huge game in that perform, uh, huge performance in that game. He had 15 points. He was three for eight from deep. Um, kind of was like the X factor almost for the upset. So that season, he averages 12 and a half points per game, shooting almost 50% from the field. Um, 
made 55 three-pointers at a 40% clip. Like, really, really efficient numbers. Um, so this past season plays the same amount of minutes per game. It wasn't like he lost his role or whatever. Scoring went from 12.5 points per game to 6.8. Um, yeah. <laughs> Field goal percentage went from near 50 to 34. Um, even worse, he made, he made only half the amount of three-pointers. He went from 55 to 28, and his three-point percentage dropped from like 39 point whatever. It was close to 40. Dropped all the way to 22.2%. So slump. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. Slump is a good way to put it. The last five games of the year, he went seven for 32 from the field, um, three for 21 from deep. And it was kind of just disappointing because uh, Ohio is one of the mid majors I like to follow and I like to see them be relevant. And they were really good to start the year and then they just really dropped off. Um, so it's, it's not like I'm rooting against this guy. I was actually hoping he would build off that huge game against Virginia. I thought he was, he was kind of one of my picks to become one of the, you know, up and coming breakout players in the MAC, and it just never really panned out last season. Um, he also he was he's been a great shooter his whole career. Even as a freshman, he was like thirty seven percent from deep. So I think he'll have a bounce back year in his last season with the Bobcats. But um, that was really, like you said, a slump. It'd be hard to do that bad again. That's yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think it's only up from here. So I don't mean to like really critique him, but it's it's time to get back to your first two seasons number. It'll be good betting odds. Um, yeah. yeah. There you I'll go. Take, I'll That's take doing it. 700 on three pointers made. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right. And let's uh, finish up the ice cold segment. This one isn't so much ice cold as he just never got hot. So I am going with <laughs> uh, like, I, it, this one kind of blows my mind. I'm going with Kaya Clark for Virginia, which, so in 2021, you've got Virginia that does incredibly well. I mean, absolutely could have dominated the ACC and would have probably won the title if it weren't for COVID there. Like, they were super good. Um, they get bounced in the first round by Ohio. And then the following year, Kaihei Clark, who is like, you know, the upcoming you know young guy who's going to be handed the keys to the offense, doesn't do like hardly anything. If anything, he kind of regresses a little bit. He lost like 5% on his three-point shot, you know, a point a game. I went from like shooting 87% at the free throw line to like 78, which those numbers don't seem that bad, but he's now had a couple of years as kind of their leading point guy. And he just has, I mean, with three years in the ACC, you would kind of expect him to make some improvements and his numbers have stayed the same or regressed. Mm -hmm. And that is kind of, that's a little weird to me. It's almost a little bit concerning. And I read a little bit like, you know, in some ways he had to play out of position. Like he wasn't so much the point guard anymore. But Virginia had such a down year that it's like you had a lot of opportunities and a much bigger role to improve those points per game, to approve those assists per game, and he just never really has. So I think he'll have a better year this year, but he he needs to. It's to the point where it's like I think Virginia yeah. fans were expecting him to be more than he's been. And this is his so time. He's actually using his extra year of eligibility to, uh, due to COVID, so this is his fifth season. Yeah. Uh, so, oh. so even that that makes it even worse. I I thought it was just his fourth. So I mean that's no, yeah. Again, so, to be in such a great conference and to be a point guard and to really not make any leap statistically is is very weird. So yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that he heats up for Virginia this next year. I kind of have a backstory on that. So like a month ago, when Tyrese Hunter hits the portal from Iowa State, big time point guard. Um, 
kind of threw, I think it was on Twitter, uh, maybe my personal account, I kind of threw something out there about Virginia would be a big fit for him because he played for Tony Bennett, the Virginia coach. He played for his brother in high school. So I'm like, Hunter knows the Bennett family. And somebody like immediately responded was like, well, why would they recruit him? They have Kihei Clark. And I'm like, um, yeah, like Kihei Clark, you kind of know your ceiling. And I hate to call it mediocrity, but he's not going to give you, you know, that extra whatever it is that takes you from a contender to a national champion team. You know what I mean? Like right. Virginia, Virginia is expected to be a contender in the entire country. But with him, I think their ceilings, they kind of, you, you know what you're going to get. He's had four seasons and they've all, like you said, they've all kind of been. Go for Tyrese Hunter and this guy wasn't having it. Well, Twitter and their, their trolls. Yeah. I, I've, I've, so when Shay and I first started working for Mental Dimes, like this is my first legit foray into the Twitter world. I love it. It is just full yeah. of trolls who are just like waiting and just like, oh, no, 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 no. Like he didn't have 78%. It was 77.6. You guys are idiots. <laughs> I'm like, damn, like there are some. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, like, <laughs> if you're not familiar, we uh, run a Twitter account, Mental Dimes NCAAM, which you should go follow us if you're not. Um, give you all the breaking news and our articles are give a little spotlight to our writers. So the other day I'm breaking down the uh, USA 18 and under FIBA team that's playing in uh, the world cup right now. So I'm, I kind of went out of my way and, you know, broke down the roster. Like this guy's going to so-and-so I was, you know, trying to fill the viewers in on where everybody on that roster is going. Like there's guys going to UNC, uh, Duke, Arkansas. So I type in Anthony black, who's a Arkansas commit. And I write, he's a commit because he's committed to Arkansas. Yeah. And someone has the need to go out of their way and say, he's no longer a commit. He signed already. I'm like, he's still going to Arkansas. He's just going to Arkansas. That's all we're trying to say. Just That's trying to inform you. Here, yeah. here for the fans, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> the fans aren't having it. They want, want specifics, darn it. Yeah. Very aggressive. Which is hard with the amount of characters you get on Twitter. Like, <laughs> and also there's times where I like I screw up. Shay has to text me probably multiple times a week and be like, Hey, you spelled it like you spelled this wrong. <laughs> like, hey, that's the wrong team. Yeah. Like, we, we have an inside joke that's like for me, details. it's like details, details. Like I am not good with them. I have no attention to it. And thank God Shay has all of it. I have a little bit, but <laughs> oh man. What do we got la- what's our last uh What you've all been waiting for, I am so thrilled to announce that once again, I am champion of the Elite Eight segment. If you can't see what's on the screen because you're following on Apple or Spotify, that just shows you a nice little thing that says Trevor's got 70% of the votes to Shay's 23. We can go online and look that, hey, Shay did win the online section of it, where if you went to Mental Dimes and voted there, he has 60-40 but then I have a really terrible picture of our Twitter account, which, by the way, shout out Jelly Walker. I'm pretty sure he uh, voted in this one yeah. and retweeted it with, with yeah. my Jelly on my team, which I think that that should be maybe an automatic win for the future. But uh, I once again. <laughs> so, by the way, so it's funny. I win the online segment. And once again, he wins the Twitter segment because he's using a 17 burner. <laughs> my he's burners like... are just cruising for me. His and I, for like on fire now. 
So this week uh, we decided, by the way, if you didn't see Shay's tweets from his punishment from last week, Shay is officially a Bulldog fan. Congratulations. Um, you've, you've come over to the side. Uh, go Bulldogs. Big Zag fan now. He also tweeted a, uh, I believe it was Trevor equals Shaq. I equal Chris. Uh, was it, who was it? Chris Humphreys? Whoever. Chris Dudley. Chris Dudley, there not Chris yeah. Humphreys. Oh, bad, bad. Not Chris Humphreys. Totally different world. Uh, and it's Shaq just, you know, jamming on him. And this week, Shay's gonna have to post this picture <laughs> on his profile. <laughs> Which shout out Murray State. I decided to throw some John Morant with my face on it. Oh, uh, that's cool. yamming over Lopez. Which that's is cool. You really wearing sunglasses, huh? Oh yeah, I've, I'm, I'm uh, fancy as a teacher. Those are my top gun shades when I'm teaching. Mm-hmm. So for those of you who can't see it. Uh, Shay will be having to post a picture of John Morant dunking over Brooke Lopez, but really it's my face on John Morant and Shay's on on Lopez's, and it is a thing of beauty. And that is what you get uh, in the Elite Eight segment. And this week we decided to switch it up. We're going with Elite Eight snacks, late night snacks, which was actually a really fun one to do. It Take was. us away from basketball a little bit. So yes. Shay, uh, this week I I get back to the number one pick. Uh, again, where we just went with late night snacks, like nothing, like we, it was a really open door for what you wanted to pick. Uh, but I started us off. I'm I'm gonna go Shay. So I'm trying. I'm I, I'm I'm feeling strong about this one. I'm going ice cream for the number one overall pick because I mean, who doesn't love a bowl of ice cream late night? I mean, it's it's probably the most casual. Who doesn't thing. like it? Diabetics. Well, that's just that's sad. I bet they do like it, but they just can't. Oh, they shouldn't vote for you. <laughs> oh man, I laugh. But so again, I think ice cream number one overall pick sets the tone. Everyone loves ice cream late night. I, I'm I'm all about just eating it straight out of the tub. Like I don't even care. My my wife is like, get a bowl. I'm like, I I'm busy. I'm eating. It's so good, and I don't really care the flavor. Um, all ice cream's good. People are really specific. I, I'm a cookie dough fan, but you know what? Go icing. You know, number one pick. You know why that also isn't a good pick? Like, anyone else get really frustrated when you take the ice cream right out of the freezer and it's so hard you can't even, like, dig into it with the spoon? You have to wait for it to kind of, like, melt out a little bit. You don't have time to do that at midnight. You got to go to bed. <laughs> Look at this guy. There, no, there's nothing better than having – like, that's – I'm all – you bring it in. You got sitting on the couch for a bit. You just get a couple of little bites at first. Oh. You get your taste buds going. This is not uh, – don't for a moment let Shay try and explain to you why ice cream's not good late night. Number one pick, ice cream. Boom. All right, so I see your ice cream. I'm going to raise you with a nice slice of leftover cold pizza. Damn it. Oh. So, really? you, know, you know, you're hungry at midnight. Maybe you get home from the bar on a Friday night. You got a nice buzz going. You're like, oh, I remember we got pizza earlier. I'm going to go in the fridge. Grab a nice, cold, you don't even have to heat it up. People like cold pizza. Or you can heat it up if you want. You got pizza. And that's probably really good. You know, get something in your stomach so you're not hungover the next day. Or even if you're a kid, you're like, who doesn't love pizza? So I wake up in the middle of the night. It's midnight already. Got that one slice of pepperoni, meatball, right? regular cheese, whatever it is. Supreme. You go right to town on it. And you'll never be dissatisfied. That was, I, uh, I am torn between two picks, and that was one hundred percent my. Well, next you don't pick. get the top two picks. You're not like the Detroit Lions. <laughs> that's right. That's right. But I, uh, 
fully i'm not even gonna attempt to knock this one that might be next to ice cream which i i feel like it's like what, what mood are you in or you want sweet or savory yeah. if you have but you got the leftover pizza it's a good point too like when you're a kid i like but if you get home from the bar on a Friday or Saturday night, you don't want ice cream. You want something that's going to fill you up. That's a good play. That's a good yeah. play. I support and respect that. Yes. But as someone who's made that's it home from college days. many a times and been like, what do I want right now? I can't find anything. I don't have pizza. Uh, number two pick, cereal. Pure, plain cereal. You don't even need to give me milk. I will grab that by the box, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, <laughs> and I will mash that. That is not even a question. Uh, which, by the way, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, best cereal ever. Fight me. I, I, it does not matter if you are a you know 10-year-old who's like sneak. I, I remember nights of like I'm, I'm in bed and like my parents go to sleep and like I know that I'm going to sneak into the living room and watch like a Disney movie or something. I'm a little kid. And I always would sneak into our pantry and take like a box of cereal. And my parents would always know and they'd get pissed, but it felt so good to like sneak and just like, like it's, ah. Yeah. yeah. Cereal, late night, milk or no milk, you want dry cereal, gold, golden. So I, I really can't knock this one because, like, end of my high school career, for some reason I had this weird routine. I'd wake up, like, after midnight, and I'd just crave cereal, go eat a bowl, and go right back to bed. So so good. It was, like, an every night thing, you know. That's, a, that's a, Okay. All right. I support that. See? Because yes. your body knows it needs cereal mm -hmm. late night. Mm -hmm. There you go. All right. All right. So I'm going to go with the number four overall pick. Who doesn't love a nice chocolate bar? You got Hershey's. Yeah. Yeah. You want Kit Kat, uh, Milky Way, you name it. Maybe you want a Reese's Cup. Um, yeah. There is so many options for this. Maybe you put it in the freezer so it's cold. Maybe it's right on the counter so you don't have to waste your time opening the freezer so you're that hungry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you just, just chocolate it, especially if, you know, your girlfriend's, you know, it's that time of month. She comes down, chocolate. First thing, she's going right into, she's going right to town on the chocolate. So this is for every person out there. You know, kids, kids always want chocolate. Women want chocolate. I want chocolate. You want chocolate. So. Truth. Truth. Mm -hmm. I am about to show. So as you're, as you're saying this, by the way, I, chocolate money pick also a good pick for uh I, I feel like you could play this out any anytime chocolate if you offered it to me it'd be like yes right now i want this chocolate bar mm -hmm. have kit kats i told my students if you ever need to bribe me because you're late to class you ever need to bribe me to like grade your paper a little bit earlier if you show up with a kit kat uh -huh. i'll do it for you so a great late night snack if you saw me over here having like a weird reaction what's going on uh, once again, shout out Jimbo, who sent me this lovely picture of, I don't know if you can see it. That is a bowl, though, of chocolate ice cream. Uh, oh, so that's technically half of my it's, chocolate. Well played. Well, that was a good. Okay, that was good. Wow, I wasn't ready for that. So, okay, there you go. 50-50. Uh, fine, 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 fine. So, Who are you, you going to swoop in with the third over, or sorry, fifth overall pick, third round? So my third pick, uh, I'm going with, I, this is kind of a, a more of a specific one, but I feel like it's a late night movie staple, uh, popcorn, which, hear me out. I feel like some people are like, oh, it's like, like, that's too much effort to make. Yeah, it might be, but it's worth it because you got the cheesy popcorn, you're sitting yeah. down fine. The best part Marshall. about it, like, go for it, go for it. 
Smart food and popcorn. Oh yeah, so yeah, easy. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's perfect because it's late night and you're not doing anything else for the rest of the day. Like you're done, and so it's just like you know what? I'm gonna eat my popcorn <laughs> for like 20 minutes, just mowing through it. Spectacular, fantastic. So late night popcorn, number three pick. Feeling good about. Also, if you gave me kettle corn, oh my god, I like those big giant bags you buy at the oh, fair. Yeah. Like, yay big. Yeah. Like, I can like eat the them. ones you get at the fair. Yeah, yeah. My <laughs> wife was like, "You ate three fourths of this last time." I was like, "No," <laughs> and it wasn't enough. So uh-huh. <laughs> I'm so popcorn with my number three. Yep. Uh, next up, the probably the best sandwich of all time, PB and J. Um, that's good. It does take a little bit of effort to you know put it together that late at night. But. No, but that's that's a good substantial food that's e- easy. Ah, oh, that's yeah. good. Yes. So, you know, you come down, make a nice peanut butter and jelly, drink a glass of milk with it, which will put you right back to bed after. Um, that's got to be one of the top midnight snacks ever. That's good. Or even substitute fluff for the jelly. Ooh. ooh. Yeah. I like that play. I support that. Mm-hmm. I'll take that. Okay. All right. Good PB&J. I like a cold one, like throw it in the like that's been in the fridge. So like I'll yeah. make it for my lunches sometimes. So you make it a couple hours before and then come back and get it at midnight. Set yourself up. Or oh man, maybe I should have said this after your PB and J. But like the uncrustables. Oh, keep those for days. That's what I die for. That was my good like little league snack. You just pack those in with your lunch. Yeah. yeah. All right. You uh, lunchables. Oh, lunchables is a good one too. Mm-hmm. I'm not, no, I'm a, I I like my last one. It's a specific, but I think it is one of those. It's like, oh, it's one. Of, it's like your Providence pick for storylines oh. last week, where I'm like, this could be. See how that turned out for me. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's a good point. Well, this I think this one will be close, but I'm going with uh, leftover Chinese food, mm. and that is one of those things where it's like Chinese food is good anytime. I don't really care, but when you go for the leftover Chinese food. You are taking all the food that you had separated before, and you're basically just mashing it all together. So I got my sweet and sour with my fried rice covering my almond chicken, and it's just like a swirly magic wow. Chinese bowl. <laughs> so I, that is one of those like leftovers. Chinese food for lunch is fine, but if you give it to me at like 10, 11 at night while I'm watching a show or like I'm watching a game, clutch. Yeah. Yep. So there's my fi- there's my final pick. When's the last time you had Chinese? I want to say about a week ago. A week ago. Can you tell our viewers what your fortune cookie said? I'm oh, what was it? This was a, it was a really oh, it said it said Shay's gonna win this week's. Series. Oh, you said wow, wow, <laughs> get an award for just the setups. Wow, so, okay, uh, okay. I gotta, I gotta come up with something. I can't go down three nothing. <laughs> I said Chinese food. You were like, "Oh, I know yeah. exactly what I'm gonna say." Yeah. I'm pretty sure my last one was like ironically funny, where it's like, like th- something big will happen to you. T- like it was super basic and dumb, but I had just got made fun of for being short, and so it was like something big will happen to you in the next week. And I was like, "There it is. It's my time, my growth spurt that I've been waiting for." Maybe it's the DJ Burns interview. I, that hey, that, I, that may be exactly what that was. See, yeah. see, yeah. just bringing it home for me like yep. Chinese food all right so last last pick here I'm going with one that anybody would love to have at any time especially late at night hot pockets 
you know, exactly. you could go with the Pizza Hot Pockets, ham and cheese, Philly mm-hmm. cheese steak. If you're a healthy person, you get a lean pocket, you know, with some mm-hmm. broccoli or spinach, whatever it is in there. Who doesn't like that? Um, there is kind of one bad part to it. You got to put it in the microwave, so it's kind of loud at that night, at that time of night. But, For a hot pocket, you you disregard the noise. Yeah, you, it doesn't matter. People understand. You put your headphones in and don't worry whatever else to think about. But uh, I also think I should win this segment automatically because Trevor's never up at midnight his time. Okay. <laughs> so true. <laughs> I don't even know what snack to eat. I am not. That's a completely fair point. It's like this is the late Thursday nights when we're doing the podcast are usually the latest, but yeah. and um, it's it's only nine thirty six your time, so you got a couple hours. I am will be in bed immediately following um, after I go get my ice cream. So thirty six. Shay, here's the deal. I this is props to Shay when we were trying to figure out like a time that was going to work for us, like. She was like, yeah, I can stay up until 1 a.m. I was like, I don't know if that is sustainable, <laughs> but I appreciate you. Well, I don't have any kids yet, so I'll, I'll uh, give you a little bit of slack. If the girls went to bed a little bit earlier than like 7 or 8, I would I would absolutely make this earlier for you, but I, I appreciate you for that. So on that note, you know what? Shay deserves a win. He's been trying really, really hard lately, and he hasn't yet. So maybe if you if you're feeling a little sorry for Shay, maybe his hot pockets take the dub this week. I don't know. No, absolutely not. Ice cream and cereal, one and two picks. Uh, diabetics, vote for me. <laughs> Get out of here. But. Oh man. All right. So I think so again for the Elite Eight segment, um, we haven't even come up with a full punishment this week. Uh or excuse me, no, I, we have we come up with a punishment this week? No, we haven't yet. No. So, Maybe we can do the voicemail thing. What? Ooh. So we, Shay and I have talked about punishments. Maybe I get control of Shay's voicemail after I win, and I get to change it for an entire week. Which sure nobody calls me. Believe me, I have got some some stuff in the bag. So, but or if you would like, we would love it if you wanted to come post on our Twitter or our Instagram or whatever it may be. If you've got some good punishments uh, that you want to send our way, would be happy to field. Mm-hmm. Uh, options send them out now anything yeah anything that you are like this would really hurt chase feelings and it would make him feel sad we're here for you so there you go there you go happy to use those but uh make sure that you go vote it'll be up on twitter uh tomorrow morning and make sure that you are checking us out again on mentaldimes.com we will have an article up on our ice cold uh players and our uh coaches to look out for here in the next couple of days and be sure to look out for our player spotlight series. We're checking out some of the more underrated players in the, all the conferences throughout the year. And I'm trying to think, what else do we have, Shane? Um, well, we're going to have the article out probably tomorrow on DJ Burns. So, if, yeah, you know, it won't help now. But if you did miss the podcast, you can read a little bit about the interview on our website. And again, huge thank you to DJ for taking the time to do that. We really appreciate it. Um, we've been pretty fortunate. We got a couple more interviews lined up for you next week. So um, be sure to check out our social media if you want to see who it's going to be. Just cool. And other than that, anything else for the good of the order? Uh, I don't think so. I think good, man. Awesome. You guys have a wonderful night. Thank you again for joining us. Go check out mentaldimes.com and be sure to follow us on Twitter at mentaldimesNCAA. And vote for me. Mm. Have a great night. Take care.